You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is your boy Eric, and I'm here with Anthony. We might have Nicole on the line coming up soon. Yeah, she's calling in. What's going on, man? What's, nothing much, man. We got a li- nice little intimate setting right here. I like it. It's I like different. it, man. You know, um, I was just talking to you, man. I think I think we should have a new theme song, man. I what? just I just I just heard this song for the first time, man, and I um I think I ignored it when it was on and popping, but um yeah, sing a little bit. You know, just just open up with some, you know, when arms wide open. <laughs> Under the sunlight, <laughs> welcome to this place. I'll show you everything. Yes, yes, you know, Creed. I felt like that's a can we talk intro, but just use my voice. You know though. what? That was my song back in the day, man. I remember like things like the early 2000s, just like at night when the movie, the music videos came on MTV. Yeah, man, all the time. Just watch that. that Sing video, along with it. Look, that video looks so inspiring and over the top <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, but, but I think they have an under. Lining message like a Christian message, so like almost like a Christian rock band, right. but it's kind of coded. Um, but yeah, man, that's the song. We need to switch that. Think, Let's consider that. I think. I think when I when I was growing up, I kind of ignored them because yeah. I feel like you know, like when when I was growing up, I saw stuff like you know Creed, right. you know Nickelback, such and such on top of the Billboard charts, and I was like, eh, that's kind of white music. I mean, you know what I mean. But as I got older and I I looked into it, I'm like, oh, you know what, I like this. You know, for me, growing up, I always had an eclectic taste of music. Like I liked everything. Really? Like. That didn't Man, happen for me until later. It was weird. Back in like middle school, I used to like watch the, the country music television channel all the time. Really? It was weird. Oh, I can't sit through that. I used to That's watch just MTV. Country, I just don't like country. It was like some songs, not all of them. But you know, as I got older, I was like, yeah, this this isn't good. But um, McCree was one of the Creed Lifehouse. I think it's called Lifehouse. They were good. Um, some people like um, is it Switchfoot or Switchfoot? Yeah, Switchfoot. Yeah, Switchfoot. Yeah, and then you had um. Shoot, um, Nickelback. I used to hate Nickelback, though. Well, all the right reasons, as long as you don't diss that album. <laughs> I like that album. Man, but I'm telling you, man, you, I wish you, when you were young you would heard that song. Because, I mean, you could, you'd appreciate it now. Yeah. But you, yeah. I guess you got a better appreciation since you tr- you actually kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think Scott Stamp and Shaq Kroger should start a group together, man. Hey, you we need to mean? reach out to them. If y'all listening, man, let's get this group started because. That'd be an awesome group. I'll I feel listen like to they, it. They'd be best friends, bro. <laughs> without without question. Wait, is are they still alive? Wait, yeah, Scott Stamp's still alive. Chad Kroger's still alive. Oh, okay, good. I was making sure because I know some a bunch of people died recently. But Scott Stamp was on a uh, celebrity um uh, couples therapy. Oh, I don't watch that. See, I don't, I don't, I don't watch that mess. Celebrity couples it's entertaining. therapy. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yeah, my man kind of went through a psychosis. You know, Ti saved his life. Man, Scott Stamp was trying to end his own life. Man, that's sad. See, I yeah. saved a lot of lives, man, you know. Back on ATL, the movie. No. Right. No, I'm joking. It's real life, but okay. Let's, let's move I'm on. Playing. Hey, um, so have you heard about this whole, and I'm sure you can't miss the whole Kavanaugh yeah, confirmation. Yeah, I, I knew he was going to talk about it, man. That's that's your thing, current events. Um, so it, it was it was crazy, man. Some craziness over the past week, and I'm sure everyone knows, you know, you have Judge Kavanaugh who was running or appointed. Um, Supreme Court justice. He had to go his confirmation hearings and all that good stuff. And obviously, those uh, allegations came out that he sexually assaulted a woman. And did you see his testimony though? When he's in front of Congress. He was so angry. I saw bits and pieces. Yeah, he was like, "I lo- I like beer. I mean, who doesn't like beer?" He like he got really out of just out of line. Kind of had a, a breakdown. Gr- he had a breakdown, Kinda and I'm surprised that they still are considering him for. Or that they voted him through to become a Supreme Court justice because he looked so impartial. He kind of looked like he was 
you know, um, he's saying stuff about the Democrats. And I'm like, you're you're a Supreme Court justice. You can't have any political affiliation. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Um, but he was confirmed last night, I think, 50 to 48 in favor of him. And now he has been sworn in as the next Supreme Court justice. And he will serve a lifetime uh, commitment there. So for better or worse, um, it's, it's done. You know, I think there's a lot of – it was a weird time. I think it was a weird time for the past couple of weeks where people were just – up in arms, man, protesting, well, how, angry. How do, you, how do you feel about it? Do you think he should be appointed? I don't. I don't think that, first off, if any allegation like that comes up, that's definitely discredits you, yeah. like, off the top. Like, you are you are the highest court of the land in the United States, and you got a guy who allegedly sexually assaulted someone? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, some people try to say that, um, you know, oh, well, you're bringing up something from the past that may or may not have happened. You know, that shouldn't, like, um, uh, uh, bring down something that's happening, like, you know, 20-something years later. I'm like, yeah, yeah but justice does need to be served. Though. Right. You know, like, even with, and I hated that this happened, even with Birth of a Nation, with Nate Parker. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I hated that that got brought back up, but, you know, justice needed to be served. Yeah, and, I, and if Bill Cosby, you know, who had a similar? I mean, but he had more allegations against him, and they're proven. We got to talk about Bill. Yeah, but in that sense, in that case with Bill Cosby, those allegations were from the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and he was caught, and he he's serving his time now. Um, and so, I don't really think there should be any statute of limitation. I think if you've done something in the past that's uh, that's illegal, then you should be reprimanded for that. On the topic of Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was sentenced to, what, three to ten years? I believe so. In federal prison? Um, so he was caught. You know, he—I he, knew he did it. There's no getting around that. You know, Bill, he's, he seems like he's a little bit of a, a creepy guy who puts stuff in drinks. But yeah, what do you think? Do you think he's going to serve the ten years or three? I don't think he seems like that. I think that, you know, when you got more than, like, mm. ten or twenty people accusing yeah. you, then, I mean— Somebody ain't lying. Somebody's not lying. I mean, I'm not trying to take. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to be a person to take sample size on rape, but <laughs> somebody ain't lying, man. You it's know? true though. Like even if even if half the people weren't being honest, that's still ten people who, you know, were credible. Um, yeah. But his whole situation, that, it kind of shows you. Welcome to the male ego show, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that situation shows you just like how power corrupts, man. Like this guy. You know, he you you grew up with him. You saw him on television. He was all he always seemed like this this moral, like he had this moral high ground. Like he was just like he talked about you know things that were going wrong in the black community that we need to pull our pants up as black men stuff like that. But then in the background, he's doing all this crazy stuff, you know, that we don't know about. And um, he's using his power to to corrupt and and you know take advantage of these women. And now he's reaping what he sowed. Like I mean, no, nobody's perfect, and you know, I do think justice was served, and he needs to do the time. Mm. Um, you know, um, no, no one gets away easily, man. Yeah. No, no one gets away clean. Um, I do, I do still stand by the opinion that there is a difference between Bill Cosby and Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Heathcliff, as a character, as a symbol, saved a lot of, a lot of young black men. Yeah, Bill Cosby was just the actor. I, I, you know, I can agree. Cosby with that. show has different multiple writers, not yeah. just Bill. Yeah, I, I say that. Um, so, yeah, the moral lessons that were taught, you know, in the Cosby Show, are important, mm-hmm. and I think you can't you can't denigrate that based off of his, his actions as a person. Um, because you're right, that did change a lot of outcomes for people. It made them black people aspire to something higher, to be doctors, you know, to be. You know, uh, middle class, affluent um, individuals. Right. You know, so I can't I can't really, you know, say that that's tarnished. But 
I hate when people are sort of hypocritical in that sense. Like, I mean, you're gonna you're you're portraying this character, and you're in, in, and in real life, you're saying like, oh, we need to do better as a community. We need to be doing this, doing that. But you're also in the background taking advantage of people. Like that's yeah, it makes no sense to me. Um, but I mean, do you think that his his punishment of three to ten years was fair enough? I mean, it's it's dicey. I mean, like this this I feel like this um this is justice to the women who were wronged by him. Yeah. At the same coin, it's like, well, I mean, he's about to die. He might yeah. he might die in prison if he doesn't get parole. Um yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I feel like it's it's a fitting sentence for anyone that does that crime regardless of who they are and what kind of power mm-hmm. they have or how old they are. You know, yeah. I feel like the I feel like the crime I feel like the um the punishment fit the crime for mm-hmm. the most part. I agree. I think three to five, three to ten years, um, and especially as an eighty-one year old man, if he does ten years, I don't see him making it out. You know, yeah, I, I don't see that. Um, part of me is thinking that they're probably only going to give him three. I'm sure he's going to be. Yeah, he, he's going to get off with good behavior, whatever. He seems like he might be an OJ case. He might just right. be like the most model citizen in prison right. and get out like half, like less than half of his sentence later. Hey, imagine your cellmate being Bill Cosby though. Right. Like, I wonder how that conversation is. Like, hey, Bill. What's what's up? Can we after this? Are we are we cool? Are we friends? No, I, I couldn't imagine, man. He, I'm sure he's like a celebrity in there. I'm I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure o, that OJ was a celebrity. He loved OJ. Yeah, he's so nice. I'm like, you know, he probably saying the same about Bill. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Some some positive news though. Um, the, the police officer who police officer who shot Laquan McDonald in Chicago. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to second degree murder. I'm not sure how many years he's facing. Um, but that was that was justice for that family though. That was really. At least he was sentenced, you know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it takes us this long to see a change in those, um, you know, kind of cases. You know what I mean? I mean, we've seen this before, but yeah. mostly you, you get off, or yeah. you just get fired. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good that he was sentenced. I mean, do you see? Does this give you hope that in the future, if something like this happens, that the police officers involved or whoever involved will be? Um, reprimanded for it but. i mean i'm always an optimist for humanity you know what mm-hmm. i mean but i mean sometimes humanity lets me down well most of the time, <laughs> the time. You, most of the time humanity lets me down but i'm always an optimist man i mean we've come yeah. a long way um i know there's always going to be setbacks but there's always going to be um you know progressive movements so yeah, yeah half and half i mean i guess we've come a long way but it's still kind of sad that um you yeah. know it, it, there was still debate about his intentions like he, he shot the guy 16 times and he was not he was nowhere near him. He was like ten or fifteen feet away from him. Um I think he was high off a of PCP. He had a knife on him. But that doesn't justify someone shooting you sixteen times. Um right. and so I think that I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that the fa- the family can finally, you know, have that justice that they were seeking. Um, you know, I'm happy that we are finally in a place where we don't have to protest anymore about this specific particular situation. But um I just I'm I'm fearful that it won't end. I mean, it's going to continue, you know, police brutality and, you know, I find myself going back to this movie, um, Blind Spotting. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm not really going to ruin anything for you. But there's a scene where there's a main character and there's a police officer who wrongfully shot a black man and they're in the basement of the police officer's house. Yeah. And the main character spits like a free rhyme about how he's frustrated as being a stranger in his own city. Mm. It's, you know, it's, it's, his city is gentrified. Yeah. It's still racially divided. You know, so it's, it's it's bad on both sides. So that powerful scene alone, I feel like that's that's our frustration in one true. scene. That is true. Um, you know, but yeah, that was that, that man. That was a, a really good movie. It was a very good movie. That makes me mad. another. And I guess we can get to this in a different segment, which your segment, the two cents. But 
I'm excited to see the um the movie um I hate you give. The hate you give. I still got to read the book before I see it. Yeah, it looks good. I got to see that one. But um yeah. I mean that's all that I have for my my segment. Let's let's move on to your two cents. My two cents. I haven't really watched anything, but it's more so about the aftermath of the last episode. Uh-huh. So um, I hope Nicole calls in. You know, God bless her. <laughs> uh, so we, me and her, man, I feel like with my two cents, my, my moral to this story I'm about to tell is that friends will do the most for you. Mm-hmm. If they really care about you, they'll do the most. So um, so we ended the episode, and um, I had to go to Main Street. Yeah, I had to go to GameStop to buy, uh, buy our mutual friend Benny uh, um, a gift card for his birthday. Shout out to Benny. Benny. Yeah, so um, we drove to Main Street. I had to park somewhere up there. And she was like, I think that was really bad. I think I did bad. No. I was like, Nicole, no, it wasn't bad. It was different, but it wasn't bad. Right. Like, you, like, you, like, you're good. She's like, I don't know, man. You know, everybody has their niche. You know, you you, you, uh, you got hip-hop, Shayna got movies, and, and Randy got current events. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. You got to remember, she's still a little drunk. Right. So I'm like, I'm trying to, trying to console a drunk person. <laughs> so I'm um, trying to get her back down to the tipsy stage. Right. So uh, we get to walking on Main Street. And I'm like, let's just change the subject. Let's, let's talk about work. I don't want to talk about work. Hey, I work near here. You want to see where I work? <laughs> Did <laughs> so, you walk to her job? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. She, she, walks, she works off of Main Street. Oh, okay. So we went to GameStop. Then we went to Main Street. And... Um, you know, it was just a funny day, man. Like it was just it was a fun day between us. Like when we were walking mm-hmm. back um multiple times, she would yell out, you know, Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> and they were She's silly. I saw a few people I saw a few black people walking past and they would look at her, they, they would look at me, and then they would look at the both of us and be like, Okay, we get it. <laughs> we we know what that is. Right. <laughs> And did she do the little hand signal? Nah, she just pushed her hands out like like she was free. Like my man's in the Creed video. Can you? Know <laughs> oh right. my god! So um, she finally went and bought me a t-shirt. Oh, so we went to a t-shirt store on Main Street, mm-hmm. and um, you know it said three one three on it in brick letters, and she's like, "That is so you." <laughs> <laughs> so um, we got in the car. And we started uh, started driving to our house. And was, yeah. I was driving her home, and um, I was using Siri on the GPS because I'm trying to get directions back to her house. And mm-hmm. she's like, "You want me to just tell you where to turn so we don't have to listen to that bitch talk?" <laughs> <laughs> so she's hey. in the, she's in the tipsy stage now. So she's a little. So she's coming down a little bit, right? Slightly. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'll entertain you. Uh, tell me how to get to your house. So this is 11 mile, right? Yeah. We go. We going down 11 mile. Um, and we keep going. We, I make a turn at some point, and she's talking on the phone with her friend. I'm like, okay, at any point, tell me when to turn <laughs> right. again. It's like, you're going, just go straight. We end up at 8 Mile and Woodward. Seriously? So I'm like, okay, where I go from here? Homegirl looks around. <laughs> she lost. I don't know where we are, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to turn Siri back on my phone <laughs> to get her back home. Oh, my God. So finally, we get back to her house. And I'm like, okay, Nicole, you know, take your tipsy ass inside and go to bed. <laughs> She's like, yeah, man, I really like that shirt on you, man. I kind of want to see that on you. I'm like, all right, uh, you'll see it on me one day. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I, I kind of want to see it on you before I go inside. <laughs> Did she make you go change in the, in the car? Uh, I'm like, I'm like Nicole, like we in the car having this conversation. I'm like, Nicole, go inside and go to sleep. <laughs> She's like, man, I need to see you with that shirt on, man. Oh, my God. I'm like, all right, step outside while I put it on. So she stepped outside the car. 
Speaking about the Cosby show, <laughs> you, know, you know when Denise made that shirt for Theo and it oh. was it was too tight. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It was like 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 it was tight on him. Right, a little muscle. Yeah. So I had to put this little ass shirt over my sweatshirt. <laughs> looking like so I'm 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 stepping outside the vehicle looking uncomfortable with this tight ass shirt on. Well, this ginger haired white girl is clapping her hands with it with amusement. Yeah, but people were looking like, oh, hold on, what's going on here? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm trying to talk oh. through gritted teeth, like, it looks great. Thanks. Hey, she needs to explain herself. Nicole, call call in. Where are you? No, no, she don't need to explain herself. But I'd be like, all right, I'd give you a hug, but I don't think my arms can move that far. Oh, my God. So I got to get out of here. So um, needless to say, she she couldn't make it. But yeah. in a way, that was her spending a day with me to, like, without telling me, hey, I won't be able to make it to your thing tonight. Oh, that's that's see, that's that's nice. So that's what I mean. You know, friends do the most for you. So <laughs> That is hilarious. Shout Nicole, out to Nicole. Nicole is seriously hilarious, though. And the segment she, she did two weeks ago, I definitely, I liked it, you know. Is you, re- is, you re-listened to it? It, it? Yeah, I did. It was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it, it was interesting. It was, it was different. It was unique, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do that, like with everyone getting drunk and not just, yeah, because it, it'd make it a little bit, it'd make it more, uh, I don't know, make it different. <laughs> but, but man, that was that was a good story. Um, did you see? So, do you see any any Netflix shows? Anything? Yeah, I told you I've been watching Maniac on Netflix. That's pretty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. I like that, man. That's uh, um, it's many things in one. It's it's a yeah. drama about two people. One has been labeled schizophrenic. The other one has issues with her um younger sister being killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they kind of have a connection, and they they meet each other through different. It's three pills. One pill is to relive a traumatic moment. The other pill is like for behavioral stuff and the C pill is like for confrontation. No. So they become different people through each pill. And uh it's pretty good, man. I like it. Emma Stone and Jonah Hill did their thing. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at I looked at some of the um the trailer for it. It looked interesting. I might have to take a look. I mean at first I was like, I don't know if this is quite my my taste. Yeah, yeah. But but we'll see. Um I watched this show on Netflix. It's called Explain. And so each week it's like a weekly uh series and each week it talks on the, it touches on a different subject. So whether music, um, you know, the gender gap, stuff like that. This week I was looking at one that talked about the water crisis, like the global water crisis. And I didn't really realize how stark of a situation we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so only 1% of the world's water is drinkable, right? And obviously you have 7 billion people on the planet. Um, so countries such as like South Africa, you know Saudi Arabia, they ha- they're having water shortages. Uh, shortages. Um, you know, for us in the Great Lakes region, we take it for granted because we have a, a lot of water. We have the fresh water, largest fresh water in the world. Um, and so I'm like, man, this is this is a serious crisis. In the next 20, 30 years, some of these countries are going to use up all of their water and their resources. So that got me thinking, like, what what can we do to sort of make ourselves more aware of the situation? Because for me, I mean, I just don't see it. Like for me, it's just like we're, we're living, we're, we have a plenty, plentiful water over here. Um, and I failed to sort of step outside of my, my life and look at other people's situations and like, all right, if I'm in South Africa right now, you know, there, there's pretty much, they can only drink a certain amount or use a certain amount of water um, mm-hmm. per day. Um, and it's kind of scary to think, man, because you think of water, like we just have so much of it, but it's not the truth. You know, it's just a really uh, valuable resource. So, with that being said, like, what what can we do to change this? Like, what can what can we? And I'm thinking maybe for us in our daily situations, just 
awareness, general awareness, yeah, making that, people. I think the first step is awareness. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the second step is um, conserving. You know, trying yeah. to conserve. It's hard though, because water is. Every, we use it for every single thing, and they're showing how even the meats that we eat. Obviously, in order to feed the, the cows and cattle, right, right, they right. have to use water in order to you know grow the vegetation. Um, but it's hard because we use it every and every single thing is cheap, and so therefore, the cheaper it is, the more that we think that we can just sort of use it. And I feel like that. there's there's no church in the wild, man. Yeah. I feel like we gotta we gotta move the way we gotta move, and it's mm-hmm. on an individual basis because some people are ignorant. You know, and some people they like, and, and not ignorant as in like um, rude ignorance, yeah. and they just straight up just don't know any just better. Know. That's true. Like the salmonella thing, there's yeah. been recalls on like dozens of beef products, more than yeah. dozens of beef products. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's scary. You know, I got this thing the other day from the market called grass-fed ground beef. Grass-fed. Okay. So basically, it means that the cow was grass-fed, and supposedly, you know, they weren't, um, you know, mishandled or. Yeah. Put in like a cage with like a bunch of other cows where they could, um, you know, get a disease or anything like that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I feel like a um, responsible person now. <laughs> and like, you know, uh, non-GMO, non-genetically modified organisms. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, I mean, it's beef. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, am, am I eating healthy or am I just eating something that's bad for me? But it's just like it's less bad than other bad stuff. Right. It's like, yeah, beef is bad regardless. Um, but like you look at cereal, it says non-GMO. I'm like, like really? <laughs> Lucky Charms says non-GMO? Like what is wow. this? This is not a marshmallow. What is this little sugar thing? Wow. I, that, that, that concern I never had in my mind is finally gone. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's doing the most. It's doing the most. I mean that 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 topic is kind of interesting because like we consume a lot of things in our daily on a daily basis. I'm getting tired of hearing about non GMOs. My girl talks to me about non GMOs, and I'm like, we're it's going to kill us anyway, right? So I mean, I mean does we're it matter? Die anyway. That's the main thing. I mean, but all right. So how like how conscious are you now? So it sounds like you're taking the steps of sort of being more conscious, like health conscious. I mean, but I'm does ta- it matter? I'm taking the steps, but I'm asking myself, does it matter? Does it matter? You know? I mean, to an extent, I think that living healthier lives, I mean, obviously, there's going to be benefits to it. You can sort of hopefully avoid some of the diseases that, that kill people on a daily basis. But ultimately, we're all going to die. <laughs> so it's Check like this out, man. I um I had a choice between green seedless grapes and organic grapes. <laughs> now, I got the organic grapes. Yeah. It taste it didn't it didn't taste right, man. <laughs> and I don't mean the kind of grapes you leave in the fridge for about a week and then you yeah. taste them. It's like, oh, they're not that juicy anymore. I mean, like yeah. it just straight up did not taste right. Ugh. I got the green steelers grapes, tasted normal. Right, this tastes what like is, a grape. What does that tell you? <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure you paid like three dollars more for the seedless or for the organic, right? Than for the seed. Like I'm, I'm, I'm paying three dollars more for something that tastes like right. ash. It makes no sense, man. And I think part of me thinks that this is sort of a, a marketing ploy just to get more people to buy it. Because they know, like, there's no difference. Like, you feed between grass-fed and sort of corn-fed, it really makes no sense. There's no difference. Well, I mean, the treatment of the cows makes a difference. I, yeah. I, I can't lie on that. But, like, what really makes a grape organic besides a regular grape? I mean— I don't know. Maybe they don't add any chemicals growing, or pesticides. What are you, you growing next to the cows? <laughs> growing it next to the tomatoes? I don't get it. Like, I mean, but I, I think it's important because I have friends out there who are vegan, and they, they really are— you know, conscious about the way animals are tr- treated and yeah. the way things are grown. No, I understand. I can understand that. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm like, um, ultimately, I'm just trying to nourish my body. I just want to eat something. I'm hungry. I want a burger. Right. Like, I'm, 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 I'm irresponsible. I get it. And you could call us in the way cannibals. I get are. it. Yeah, I mean, humans eat meat. <laughs> right. Although yeah. I was a vegetarian for like five months, though. So 
Did you like you it? You know, I tried. It was it wasn't bad. I actually felt a lot better, you know, giving the meat for a while. I think it's sort of like a, a natural cleanse. Okay. And so what I did was I ate some meat substitutes. So every like once a week I'm have like you know, like the fake chicken nuggets, which aren't really chicken, it's more like soy and other stuff. Um Is that from McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a, <laughs> it's a good brand called Mor- I think Morningstar. Um, you should check it out, man. They have some decent products. And I think every once in a while we need to cleanse ourselves from the meat. You know, I think it does reset us a little bit. I I um I need to go back to this. You know, I had like a great salad dressing from Trader Joe's. Yeah. And uh I would just like eat salads in my um in my in my job's cafeteria and I would save meat for the weekends and it yeah. felt good. Yeah. Like every yeah, just moderation. Yeah, yeah. First off, you shop at Trader Joe's, man, you bougie. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my, my girl put me onto that place, but when I went there I had like some great salad dressing, so I just been getting that from there. Man, Trader Joe's and that other one, what is it called? Whole Foods, man, those places are expensive. Like I went there the other day and I went to get like the one of the lunches, they had like a little lunch section where you get like the hot foods. And it was like um, something like $8 per pound of what you had. I'm like, I ended up like, I had like a little bit of chicken and uh, macaroni or something like that. It came out to like $16. Mm-hmm. Like this makes no sense. I can go to the corner store, you know, get some chicken and macaroni at the liquor store for right, right. $5. So <laughs> it just, it's, it's kind of upsetting that we were making healthy foods so expensive and inaccessible, you know, to a lot of people. You're twisting the knife, man. I think like consumer culture, we twist the knife. Yeah. And um, if you're a fan of something, I understand. Like I'm a big fan of Breaking Bad. If you know yeah. me, you know that's my favorite series. So when Breaking Bad, the complete series came <coughs> out in the barrel, they had like an opening like like um script from mm-hmm. um the creator of the show, Vince Gilligan, that says, "Look, you know, we all know consumerism is a whore." And I had yeah. I, I had I had to fall to the horror called commerce and get y'all this box set. Mm. But I was a fan. I was happy to have that. Yeah. If you're having just any regular schmo that's never seen the show, buy that. It's kind of looking like, hey man, you you just fell into the trap. You're not yeah. even a fan. It's true. I mean, I, I wish I would buy one of these Star Wars Steelbook Blu-rays, and I don't even watch the movie that much. I mean, in that in that case, I understand it's a business, right? So it's, you got to make money. You got to do it. Right. But in the sense of Providing healthy foods for people, I think healthy food should be a right. I think everyone should have access to to healthy, you know, vegetables, um, fruits, things that such. I don't think you should be able to charge people excessive amounts of money for this stuff because that's what ha- we're having so many food droughts in these these urban cities. On um, their yeah. food deserts, where the only thing you can find is McDonald's, Burger Kings, Wendy's, you know, within a one mile ra- radius, and you got to go, you know, ten miles to get to the grocery store. Um, and so that stuff right there is. Increasing obesity, increasing you know disease and death in our in, in a lot of our urban communities, and these corporations like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, yes, they may open up a store in Detroit, but it's downtown Detroit, you know, in the middle of Midtown, yeah. where people don't go. I mean, look, man, if everyone cared and nobody cried, if everyone loved and nobody died, you know, we'd see the day nobody died. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, look, look this. Life, life can't be a Nickelback song, man. Come on now. <laughs> see how I got you? See how I got you? Oh, my God. Hey, that hey, hey, that was a good that was a good lyric, though. That fit. Yeah. But, I mean, it, overall, though, we got to we gotta do better with, uh, you know, the, the way that we're consuming and, and making food accessible. That's all I kind of wanted to bring up in this point. Um, and this today is a free free topic so we are we are flowing pretty well right now um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud of us man yeah. i didn't know how it would be if nicole didn't call in oh that's cool it's cool any, but, um, yeah, any topics you got in mind because I, I just wanted to like briefly go on that point because 
Well, I mean, with Whole Foods, man, it's a little controversial. I mean, my mom got some fruit from that place, and it kind of upset her stomach. You know, like not, nothing is nothing is um, confirmed. Nothing is right. definite. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Whole Foods, just because it has that label on it doesn't mean like it's special. Exactly. Yeah, I need to see like the behind the scenes process. I need to go to the, the factories, you know, see how they're growing and producing these foods, where they're getting it from. I mean, if you go searching um, for something, man, you'll find it. <laughs> and you might not like what you find. I mean, but that's the way you got to do it, though. You know, the investigative journalism. Gotta go to the source, but ultimately though, um, when I'm looking at healthy options or when I'm doing look, looking at healthy eating for myself, I'm essentially just changing small routines, like just the daily things in my life. So whether that's drinking less pop, you know, whether that's um, eating more salads, mm-hmm. things that such. I don't think you necessarily have to buy these organic products and sort of invest all your money into this these brands. When you just make those small little daily changes in your life that I think are more helpful down the line. You become a little self-obsessive. Like, is it organic? Is it organic? Yeah. That's how I feel with sometimes with movies. Like, is it Blu-ray? Is it HD? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to watch it if it's not Blockbuster. You yeah. know how I'd be, you know be when allegedly you right. woke up to the bootleg, man. I don't allegedly. want to watch it if it's not Blockbuster. Allegedly. When do we get bourgeois about that, man? I mean, like, it's free movies. That's because we like our, we like our brand names in America. That's just Americanism right there. We just like, we like certain brands. Um. And we like our, our, our the convenience of it. We want stuff that is easily accessible. We want things that, that look good, that's appealing. We've been spoiled, man. I feel like we've been spoiled over the years. Like even with cable. Yeah. You see that, um I feel like America's spoiled. You see that um that commercial with the little girl that's telling the kids, you know, back when I was watching cable, we could only watch it in one room. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have multiple DVRs. <laughs> the kids keep switching from one room to the next, trying to ignore her, trying to watch it in the cabin, watch it downstairs, yeah. you know. Yeah, in our quest to make things um, easier, we become so complacent. You know, we come, become so lazy. I really think we're going to end up like those people in Wally, man. Seriously, like just the fat people there? in the seats that's yeah. just eating and like taking a shit at the same time. Yes, man. That's horrible. No, but when I even when I go to like places, you know, when I was in the UK or when I went to Toronto, um, Canada recently, they don't watch TV like we do. You know, they, they're t- they're, sometimes their television is a little bit different. Like it's mainly just like, um, you know, local news or or they don't have all the TV show options that we have. And I think Americans like that. We are seeing like the death of our culture because of that. Like we just we are so consumed in consumerism that is just ridiculous right now. It, please tell me it's the kind of place where after like eight o'clock, they just show the uh, the, the national flag. Anthem <laughs> and, then the, and then the TV just goes off the air. No, when I was in, in uh, England, man, the television shows were trash. I didn't even watch television because it was just Really? Downton Abbey? I heard that's pretty good. I mean. Sherlock? That, when I was there, they didn't have all this. It was like 2000 and, when did I go there? 2009, 2010? They may have had Downton Abbey in 2010. Yeah, some lackluster stuff. Yeah, it was just like, man, I wasn't feeling it. Because like our options are so much better. We got ESPN. You know, we got all of, like the 500 different channels, but then they had like 10 channels. And I'm like, all right. I remember there was this great daily show skit back when Steve Carell was on there. And mm-hmm. he was doing a story um, where people would watch this burning log. <laughs> seriously? Like they, they, they seriously just watch a burning log. And it was, it was like controversial in the town. Oh like some God. guy was like, I don't like it. It makes no sense. <laughs> you know, I want them to take it down. And Steve Carell is just sitting there like, why am I doing this story? Why, why is this even a story? Wait, was it like during the, ho- the holidays with the Yule logs and all that stuff? And the- I think it was just a straight up show where you watch the burning log, B. Oh, my God. What in the world? I need to see the word. What channel was this? I need. To- <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it was a local thing. Man, but I feel like, um, so the guy was just outraged over that. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, my God. I feel like 
let's talk about excess for a second. Yeah. You ever feel like if you gain a lot of money from the lottery or whatever that mm. you kind of want to be a little reckless? Yeah. Like my friend, he has a he has a dream. Mm. If he gets money and he doesn't have to work again, mm. he would uh try to uh pay for some commercial spots on a um, public access channel. <laughs> like he'd have one ad where it's just um Somebody knocking on the door really loudly for like five seconds, and then it just goes off. What? Then he then he get another ad where he's just looking around for like two minutes, not saying anything. Right, and that's then, it. Then he looks at the camera and says, "Oh hi," and then that commercial's <laughs> over. And like, what what is the brand? What is the, the the what are you selling? Like nothing. <laughs> just. But the best the best idea I heard from him, and mm. like I I can understand how this would be great is how you'd have like an advertisement on the I seventy five highway or yeah. somewhere where people are going to work. And he, you show him sleeping while the the text underneath it reads, "Take your ass to work." <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's the point of this? Just to show how much money he has, he can just, just <clears throat> get these commercials for no Just to troll on humanity, man. <laughs> like I love it. Like if he does it, he's gonna be. I'm gonna be his biggest fan if he pulls that off. Man, if I were to make have that much money, I'm I'm buying. Oh, <laughs> first off, I'm buying a, a small, a little island somewhere where I can just chill, don't have to worry about nothing, nobody. Um, I'm for sure just probably gonna travel the world for like half the year, and then after that, I'm just I'm chilling. I ain't doing nothing. I wouldn't mind going straight up Henry Thoreau, just being in the woods like Walden. <laughs> Seriously, why? Why? What you mean, why? That doesn't sound fun. Who wants to be in the woods? Well, I mean, like you know, I'd have a family and stuff, and I'd take them to school to interact with other kids. Yeah. But I mean, like my children. I mean, but. I, you know, there's something good about being away from, you, you know, other people a little while, you know, taking in nature. I'm not talking about straight up living in a tent. Okay. But, right. you know I'm what I'm saying? saying. Like, so you yeah. saying, by, by, like, so create you a nice cabin in the woods. Right. Like, build right. you one, you know, got all the amenities, but you just sort of isolated from everybody else. Right. Just chilling. Okay. I can, I can see that. Nicole knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> she always talks about the lake house. I, but I think it's something about, I don't know, lake houses are, are Beautiful. I would definitely live on a lake for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it is something about disconnecting yourself from the world that is beneficial. It's a reset. You know, I think um, we get wrapped up a lot of times and it becomes it becomes sort of redundant. Our lives become just so boring and, and just redundant, you know. I mean, that can be life, though. I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta deal with the boring parts because just the boring parts you're going to remember when you're going through so much. Like, really? man, I liked it when everything was calm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, no, well, kind of. So you won't remember work. Like obviously, like the days you work, I'm like, I don't remember what I did two weeks well, ago at work. You won't remember work, but you remember when things were calm and you were in control compared to times where it's chaos and you're trying yeah. to get a grip. That's what I'm saying. The monotony, you gotta savor it sometimes. You can't savor it all the time because yeah. it's monotony. Yeah. But sometimes you gotta savor it. I think there's sometimes in our lives where um you you need you need some excitement. You need some you know, something to get you, get your, your juices going. And so that's why you see those guys on the midlife crisis, buying motorcycles, you know, jumping out of airplanes like Will Smith jumped out of airplane on this. Right. He's I, Will I, Smith, though. He can do that. I don't get it, though. I, I mean, that's, that's something fun for him to do, man. I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's probably done it before, maybe. Not, not like that to that extent, but I'm sure he's probably, you know, yeah. that's Independence Day right there. So have you ever had like a crisis in your life? Like, when you I'm turn young, 25. I'm young, man. I'm not mid yet. No, that's 25. That's when you, start, when you hit 25, there's a crisis, I think. Dude, I just hit 25. Don't 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 curse me. I'm telling don't you, man. It, it comes, Randy, I'm sure Randy can attest. When you hit 25, don't you feel like, shoot, I need to get my life together. Like, there needs to be. I'm all right, man. I still feel like that now at 35. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
but I, I swear when I hit 25, I was looking like, all right, I'm five years from 30. What am I doing right now? I'm all right, though. I mean, look, yeah. look, look. I kind of had a little bit of a, a crisis in my head like, well, dang, man, is this all there is? Yeah. Like, what's gonna what's gonna happen next? But then I realized, you know, I'm ahead of the curve, man. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah you are. I'm 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 right where I need to be right now. But I think there's a point in our lives where we come to accept that this is our life. Like this is what we're gonna. This is as much as well. Wouldn't necessarily as much well, as we're gonna always, attain. Nah, no, nah, you can I always have it. Success doesn't have an age. That's true. Like, if this if this isn't success to you, success doesn't really have an age. Like you can still do what you need. Because what do. Oprah was like, what thirty something when she first got on. Even yeah. I mean, even looking at um. Uh, well, she's not really her protege, but her buddy, um, Ava DuVernay, who made Selma. You know you know what age she was when she made that movie? You know, success doesn't have an age. Yeah, but I think in our minds, or at least what we see on television, we've seen the younger people, you know, coming up, getting big. Right, right. And it kind of like in your mind, you're like, oh, shoot, I think I'm, I missed it. You know, well, miss my- well, no. I mean, sometimes, you know, God smiles down on you at different stages of your life. It could be yeah. at 40. It could be at 30. You know, Ryan Coogler. You know, he got smiled down on him at a young age yeah. where, um, you know, I think it was his teacher that read a story he made. His um, girlfriend bought him um, a Final Draft, which is a screenwriting software. Mm-hmm. He bought the Pulp Fiction screenplay and wrote, you know, F- Fruitvale Station as, wow. as, as well as other things. But, you know, it's different people, man. It's different stages in different people's lives where they, they get the God smile. So do you think that we um, – do you think it's unique to Americans or just to society that we kind of – we always kind of judge ourselves based off of other people's success. So I think it's a common thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, when it's out there and in your face, of course you're yeah. going to do that. When you see, like, the social network and see how, you know, even though that film's not entirely true, how, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, what's my man, Mark Zuckerberg made it big. You don't mm. have to be a 20-something millionaire, though. Right. Like, your life isn't over if you don't become a millionaire in your 20s or in your 30s. I mean, it's all, success I'm has no to, age. I need to hit the, this million, man, before 30. I'm trying. I'm trying. But you'll be okay either way, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, my life would be perfect. Um, but I think we also equate success with with mo- with money, and it's not always the case as well. Um, right. Yes, money would money will make your life comfortable for sure, but ultimately, the success is is about the happiness, the p- people in your lives, the relationships you build. Um, but it's just easier for us to get caught up in titles and perceptions of you know glamour and glitz and all that stuff. I think more money, more problems. It solves a lot of problems, but yeah. then there's other problems you never had when you were broke. Yeah. That come when you're rich, like the like the IRS. You look at that tax bracket. You're like, hold up, man. This is half of my paycheck right here. And that's that's why it's hard with like these young athletes, man. They all end up broke because you get that million dollar advance. You should you should spend five hundred grand and leave the rest alone for real. But they also have agents they got to pay. They got um, anything that was given to them early, like um, you know limos or trips. That stuff comes out of there. I mean, hopefully they know by now. There's been a lot of cases of uh, athletes, you know, blowing their money away and not knowing about, you know, Uncle Sam and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Hopefully they know by now. I mean, but the difficulty is that when you got these kids who are just straight out of poverty, like these kids, some of them straight out the hood, you know, now they're 18, 19, playing in the NBA or the famous rapper. You're going to be more than a little reckless. Right. Everyone's going to be a little reckless when they get money. Everybody. (laughs) But more than a little reckless is, is something. I don't think Zuckerberg was re- – no, nah, I'm sure he was reckless. I'm sure reckless. I'm Zuck- sure. Like we got, we got to define reckless in different terms here. Yeah. It could be, you know, paying for a lot of memorabilia or something like right. that or, you know, stuff like that. But recklessness can also um, – it, it it can lead to good things though. Think about what they say the uh, – what's the, the, the old adage? Um, success favors the boat or something like that? Yeah. Probably so. 
And, and so you gotta sometimes you gotta make some moves. You that, gotta you gotta make the jump. Like yeah. at some point, if you find yourself having to relocate from yeah. Michigan or wherever you are, you gotta make yeah. the jump. At least yeah. see if it's going to work. And I think that's the biggest fear that people have, like being uncomfortable. You know, it, it's it's hard um, because, like for instance, if I was a, a, a musician or an actor, and like you said, making that move to to L.A., you know, giving up your comforts of home, giving up your family, you know, things that you have established for an uncertainty, that's scary. It's scary, but you always got the chance to bounce back. Yeah, I believe people kind of forget that you have the chance to bounce back. If you figure, okay, I went out there, it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. you can always come back home or find a new home. People people kind of like don't wonder about – people kind of like don't like try to figure out what could happen afterwards, like mm-hmm. life after. Why, why you say I guess? Well, I think – well, in some situations because you got – everyone's situation isn't the same. For instance, like if you, you know, broke the ties that you had at home, you left out of anger or, or something happened where – um, well, yeah, yeah. You sever those connections. You can't go back home. You're kind of stuck. But you can still make a new home, though. Like, let's yeah. imagine if Taraji P. Henson, I believe the story was she went to L.A. with $700 and her son. Mm. Let's say she didn't make it. I'm sure yeah. she had a home to fall back on or, yeah. can make, or, or, could, st- or could still make a new home in L.A. You know, there's mm. always a life after. Yeah. You tried it out. It didn't work out. Well, then you can try to find new avenues. Mm. I, I like that. I'm an optimist. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I mean that's a good way to look at it, um, and especially when we are on, we're on this planet for a short period of time. I think you really do got to make yeah. the most out of Lift what you're up, giving. Man. Make the jump. You don't yeah. want to be the person that tells your kids, "Well, I had a dream to, but I never took the jump to." You know, you don't you don't want to be that person. I know. Imagine if if MLK was like, "Nah, you know, I'm not going to do this." You know, it's too much. It's too I hard. Been a speaker one day. Right? That is true. And I think your Mama Coretta know. <laughs> you know, like, come on. Yeah, but that that is kind of sad. There there's, there could be hundreds of thousands of people who could have made an impact on this world in a positive way if they would have just took that chance, you know, and made that that leap of faith. But it's a scary one. It, it's a scary one to make, and I understand why people are afraid to do it. But you're right. Sometimes you got to let that fear go. Well, that separates the bold from the careful. You yeah. can still be careful and bold. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But oh yeah, making wise decisions like as you move. Yeah, you, you got to be bold at some point. Man, I mean that's that's the, that's deep. And it's the truth. But I also think that when you're dealing with people who don't have an understanding of sort of what their decisions or what the repercussions may be of the decision. Because, again, you can go out to L.A., but if you go out there and like, oh, shoot, I don't got a house. I don't got nowhere to live out there. You know, you're probably going to be homeless. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, there's apartments. You know, you got to like, you got, you got, you got to be realistic about that. People ain't just going to go homeless. But some people aren't realistic about their decisions, man. I've seen some kids when I was working. Well, I mean, that's the, go ahead. And I was about to say, when I was working in in, um, the schools, man, kids would be making decisions about their lives without even thinking about it. Like, have you thought about what could potentially happen by making this choice Mm -hmm. or doing this? So I think you have to, you have to give it some, you have to get the due diligence. You have to go through, all right, what are the plan A, plan B, plan C if this doesn't go right? Right. Well, of course, before you make the jump, you got to you got to make certain. You got to make sure your your parachute is good. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure your land is Make sure the, is good. the safety backup parachute right, is right. good. That's yeah. the stuff. That's called common sense. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm sure, I, I assure you Taraji P. Henson has some kind of plan to have some kind of job to keep her and her son good while she oh, was yeah, you know. trying to be an actress. Uh, you are, yeah, you already know. And you the know same thing I mean? with all of them. That's common sense. Yeah. 
I mean, not everybody's a Tyler Perry though living in the back of their car. I mean, I'm sure, sure Tyler Perry probably had like like regular jobs on the side and stuff like yeah. that. Like I'm sure he had like some kind of plan. Oh, yeah. Real quick, but did you did you hear about the guy from uh the Cosby show? The one who was working at Trader Jeffrey Jones? Owens. Jeffrey Owens. Yeah. What do you think about that whole story, the situation? I mean, like, you know, you gotta hustle out here, man. I mean, mm. I didn't particularly like um so so my my whole thoughts about the thing is, you know, I mean, people always have that joke, you know, there's always work at the post office. Mm. And that's true, man. When the yeah. acting gigs aren't working, not every actor is making bank like Ben Affleck, man. They yeah. they got to work in the off season. Like football yeah. players, basketball players that don't have endorsements, that's you got to work. So I, I, from what I hear, employee Joe's, I mean, Trader Joe's has uh, some good benefits. So yeah. I wasn't mad at him. But then, you know, Tyler Perry reached out and, you know, Jeffrey Owens took the job. And I'm like, well, that's what he wants to do, acting. Right. So why not? I just don't like the Vlad interview I saw with Lil Boosie. Well, I guess yeah. they just call him Boosie now. Where Vlad was kind of Vlad was kind of hating on him, and I'm Why? like, I'm like Vlad, just be a just be an interviewer, be be you know. Wait, um, what do you say? Indif- what do you say in particular? Well, you know, Boosie, me and you, I know when we be like fifty or sixty, we ain't gonna be working no Trader Joe's because we're not just gonna be relying on um you know uh, residual money from the Cosby Show. We'll oh, be wow. smart about our thing. And I'm like Vlad, you wow. know better. Like be. You don't see Katie Couric doing an interview with Lindsay Lohan yeah. or better yet, doing an interview with Jennifer Lawrence hating on Lindsay Lohan while talking to J-Law. It's like you That's don't true. see people doing stuff like that. And I thought that was a bad move on Vlad's part. That, that disappointed yeah. me. Yeah, that's not a good look. Plus, you don't know people's situations as, as well. So it's right. It's hard to judge him in, in the decision. At least he's doing something. He was doing something to make sure that he could survive, You know, feed his family, all that. So like, you can't hit on a man's decision to work at Trader Joe's. Right. Because he's hustling. And that's another thing about, you know, being comfortable. Now, I'm not saying Jeffrey Owens was just being comfortable, but some people, they they become comfortable. They'd be like, okay, I had this one hit. I don't have to do anything else. But it's like, you know, you still got to hustle a bit. And it kind of brings up the sense of like almost like elitism in terms of employment, like what people think are are good jobs. And honestly, any job where you're you're able to to, to feed your family, you know, survive, whatever you need to do, get good benefits, whatever that is. It's a job. Take it. Right. I feel like real success with me, it doesn't come with, you know, being an accomplished writer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It comes with having my family, you know, having my house, my picket yeah. fence, my man cave, mm-hmm. and I can call myself king. Yeah. That's really all I need. That's it, man. Everything else falls in place. And it's it's also, man, it's just um, you have to commend people who are willing to because he was on television at one point in time. He could have been like, man, I'm not working at I ain't doing this. No, I'm I'm trying to be an actor out here. So you got to commend someone who took that step and they're like, you know what? I just need to do what I got to do. It's right. what it is. It I is mean, what it is. Because yeah. that's something where a lot of people be like, nah, I'm, they, they turn their nose up to it. Like, no. You know, a job is a job. And if it's there to um, at least give you something to do by, while you're looking for other employment, go for it. Or it could have been he probably couldn't find work. Maybe he yeah. was actively out here hustling, but he couldn't yeah. find work. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Tyler Perry wasn't really on his radar at the time. Maybe yeah. he was coming up. You know, I mean, one issue though I have, um, not saying that his whole situation was he didn't deserve it. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. One issue is I think that we always kind of glorify these stories, and then someone comes in and just sort of saves that person or gives right, them a job. Like the savior. Like yeah. Elon Musk with the Flint water crisis. Yeah. It's a great thing. It's a great thing that Elon is. Musk is doing that. It's a great thing that Tyler Perry reached out. Um, I don't know, man. I don't look at it as the savior thing. I could see how that criticism could come through, but mm. I mean, why not be the savior? Why not but, be, the, be the saver? 
I mean, but we always kind of highlight these stories, like these one-offs, and then people think it's the norm. Like, oh, if I just get, you know, recorded doing this, or someone um, highlights my story of me walking ten miles to work, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get a job or I'm going to get a new car, you know. But some t- is it's so unrealistic in many cases. Like these are one-off stories where I mean they were somehow captured and videotaped. But but if, but but if the, you can get that retrieve, why not go for it? I guess that's like the undercover boss ending. Like you, yeah. always, you always got the one employee saying, "You know, I take a scooter to work, man." <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying, I, I got a daughter in private school. I'm taking a scooter to work, and uh, uh, you know, here's a new car. Right, here's a new car. Here's a new house. We'll pay for your daughter's tuition. Then they get the breakdown episode where they start crying <laughs> and stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that's not unrealistic, but we've seen a lot of it. I know, but it's just I'm upset because it's showing people. Well. First off, these people worked hard in their situations, so I'm not going to denounce what they've been doing or what they've been through. So I can't say that. But it's also we continue to highlight these stories and make it seem like this is it can happen to anyone. Sometimes it just takes the right place at the right time. Sometimes it's just like, you know, these the cars, the stars aligned and this happened. Um, And I think people are going to purposely do this so they can sort of get that recognition. Right. Without actually truly not saying truly earned it but they'll be doing it for the, the recognition as opposed to just working hard and being a hardworking person right so that's my biggest issue pet peeve with it maybe maybe i'm, I'm being you know well uh, look no it's, it's understandable unfair. if you're being like like pessimistic or just being a little a little too careful about it because that that happens and you do yeah. need to uh you know be realistic with yourself but at the same time you know why my, why not make risk when you when you're young, yeah, I just feel like I'm a sh- very pessimistic today. I'm I'm sorry, y'all. I don't want to be a pessimist. Well, you know, it's cloudy <laughs> outside. That happens. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's cold. It's getting colder. You know, it's fall. I think my my happiness sometimes. Uh, I'm not gonna cut my grass, man. I'm sorry, Harper Woods. It's it's gonna keep <laughs> raining. I'm not gonna cut my grass. And plus, I mean, it's gonna be leaves on it in the next couple of weeks anyway. Right. You know, right. Who, who cares? But man, um, any any other topics you got in mind? Cause I think, I think I'm tapped out. What else you got, man? <laughs> you know, I think this has been a great discussion. You know, this is fun. Um, we actually made it. We made it. You yeah. and I, we made it. I like this, man. We got to continue to do these free topics more often because you know yeah. it's, it's it's fun and it and brings up interesting discussion. But you know, thank you all for listening again. This has been another episode of Can We Talk, and we will talk to you. Like, next share, week. and subscribe.